Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, righty then. Now, the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. And a good Friday afternoon to you. And yes, it is time for the McFarland Show here on WNSR. Darren and Justin here with you for the next two hours. We're live at the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Devlin is alongside as well. He is not a McFarland, in case you're just tuning in for the first time. He is a Mick. Yes. But not a McFarland. Down the block a little bit. Yeah. Mackenzie. That's yeah. what he is. Not he's far. A, not far. He's enough. a McKenzie. Just down the block a little bit. We're McFarland's. Yes. Just down the block. But the mix hanging out for the next two hours. We'll also be hanging out with you. We've got a great show for you to wrap up this week as be the off weekend. So we've got um, Pro Bowl stuff, NHL All-Star stuff. Yeah. Super Bowl is in a week and two days. So yeah. Super Bowl Sunday is going to be February 12th. So... Nothing there on that front. So kind of a quiet college basketball, of course, Yes, this weekend. But mm-hmm. um, a little bit different weekend in the sports landscape. So we'll capture as much as we can today on the show. On the show. And then f- about 15 minutes, we'll catch up with Gentry Estes, who is the columnist for the Tennessee. And we'll talk about uh, the things that – well, we could talk all things with yeah, Gentry. That's He's a the, columnist. That's a good thing, yeah. They, they talk – they – they Universal. write about everything. Universal. Yeah, they write about everything. But uh, we'll talk a lot of things with Gentry. We'll talk with Chris Lee. We've been talking a lot about Vanderbilt and basketball and stuff going on. We'll talk to Chris Lee to begin the second hour of the program. Of course, we'll welcome your phone calls as well. 615-844-5600. Don't forget, you can watch this show. It is a visual. We're on radio, but it is a visual on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So we have. We are all things to all people. Shower, deodorized. We've used shampoo. Mm-hmm. Although Devlin's got a hat on, but he's not on camera. Devlin's fine. I'm backwards, so you can't really we, listen. We see. can't. We can't smell him from here, That's so true. he's fine. This room is big enough where we can't smell him. We don't know if he's deodorized or showered. I I trust that he is, but yeah. if he's not, there's enough distance, so we're That's okay. A good point. It's a really good point. <laughs> Apparently, Joe Mixon. From his uh, from De- speaking of, from Devlin's home state, you know, should have maybe kept his distance because you know. the the news is not good from Joe Mixon. I'll say this: he had obviously troubles in college at Oklahoma, but for the most part, he's been in the league for a good while, and there hasn't been a whole lot on the Joe Mixon front. Is that fair to say, or am yes. I missing some? Some brush-ups over the years. Off the field, you're right. Things have been quiet. Uh, he did have some things going on when he was in college. Uh, it cost him some money because he was drafted much later yeah. than he would have been. It did cost him money, yeah. Um, if he didn't have those issues, but once he got into the league, and by the way, it's not like he's bounced around. He's been there in Cincinnati the whole time. They seem to really like him. It's been productive. Very productive. And, you know, this is the first time something has happened. 
and we're not even sure, honestly, what has happened at this okay, point. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, uh, by the way, are you getting like yes, a... Yes, I am too. Like it's a, bothering me. What is this? This. I, I don't know. It's, it's. I feel like we just put an album. You know, we just put some vinyl on the turntable. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's me. We're getting the, like, you know, the scuffling of a vinyl, like the needle. Okay. You hear, so you, everybody hear, you hear that? I wonder if it's going out over the air. I don't know. Probably not. So he is facing menacing, a menacing charge. Yeah. Now this was. This was. The misdemeanor menacing charge was dismissed today. And what happened is, this is where we're confused. The story goes this happened on January 21st, which happens to be the day before the Bengals went to snowy Buffalo and put the Bills out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But this happened in Cincinnati. Yes, downtown, apparently. I'm pretty sure teams don't travel day of anymore. I'm pretty sure of that. They do not. And, by the way, this was a day game on that Sunday. It was. It was the first game. Yes. So I don't believe they went up first thing that morning. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. That's not how it works. No, you you talking about on the twenty second yes. that morning? No, 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 I don't. I don't believe no, they went. These up are not. Stick. These are not eight year olds, and this isn't. You know, I don't think it was the red eye either. No, no. <laughs> Although the flight from Cincinnati to Buffalo is really not that far. It's probably not that far, but no, they didn't do all that. Yeah, no. So that's where we're a little confused. On this happened the day before in Cincinnati. Isn't that a travel day? Don't they typically leave around like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, I've got video of the Bengals getting off of a bus and going in to the team hotel in Buffalo that was timestamped at 3.44 in the afternoon. There you go. Um, 3.44 in the afternoon, they're in Buffalo. So if this happened, if, 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 if. If this happened the way everybody says it did, that means one of two things. Either Joe Mixon, because he played in the game, by the way. He had 105 yards and 20 carries, so he definitely played in the game. So either he did not travel to the team on the team playing to uh, to Buffalo with the Bengals, which has happened before. That's not unheard of. That has happened where players miss the flight and then you got to find your own way up there. And there's there's legendary stories out there about how some players got to games at times because they missed the flight or whatever. So that's not unheard of. What's well, happened here? I'm sure it's happened everywhere. This is not an uncommon thing. You, you remember got, when Vince yes, I do. missed the flight to Philly? But you got a lot of people trying to get on a plane and, you know, somebody's going to miss the flight. Okay, so either Joe Mixon was not on the plane with the Bengals going to Buffalo, or Joe Mixon did whatever happened on the street, left that situation, went to the team facility, got on the bus, went to the plane, and took off for Buffalo right after it happened. I mean, one or the other is true. So, listen, and again, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. You weren't there. I don't know what he did or who he did or who he did it with or how it happened. But I'm very curious to know what time all of this took place. We know it was the day before, according to the authorities, but I'm, I haven't seen the timestamp because I'm curious. What time did this happen? 
Some other news that's going on. Kyrie Irving <laughs> has requested a trade. Who cares? Good for him. He wants out of Brooklyn. Eh, whatever. Okay, well, fine. Is there anybody less likable than Kyrie Irving in the NBA? I'm sure there is. Is there? I don't know who they are, but I'm sure if I, I thought I about just, it long enough, I might come I, up with somebody. I, I just. But, you know, he can whatever, do whatever. Whatever, man. Whatever, Kyrie. Go for, go for it, man. Just. Just what, what? Just, just do you, man. Whatever. Just he wants to trade. Listen, he's playing fantastic basketball. He's averaging twenty-seven points a game. He's a fabulous player, no he question is, about it. But it's just all incredibly the incredibly talented crap that comes yeah, with just, him. Yeah, yeah. All right then. I'm just so, so he wants to trade. All right, fine. So over him. Good luck finding somebody to take on the contract. Somebody will take it because he'll sell tickets, and then it'll go there, and then you know, rinse and repeat. I mean, it's just. <laughs> It just is what a he'll get I down agree, there I and agree. say something. He won't be to the happy, media right? And, you know, something yes. will happen. Whatever. Yes. What? So whatever, man. Yes. Whatever. So I'm trying to think of who's the biggest dysfunction in the league where he could go. I mean, Brooklyn is, but who would be next? Well, th- their dysfunction is because of is part of <laughs> who's there currently. Well, so that's part of the well, reason they're in Kevin dysfunction. Kevin Durant isn't exactly a choir boy. Well, no, but the combination thereof. So you got Kevin Durant, and then you got Kyrie, and Ben Simmons and is also ben the Simmons. So I mean, how all that was going equal championships? Uh, yeah. How anybody thought that? You know, the talent, yes, the name, talent, name recognition. No, they, sure. they, no, they have talent. They do. They got lots of talent. But I mean, how anybody thought all that was going? I mean, I don't. Yeah. So all you know, all of those guys have been fantastic. Uh, they're champions. But keep in mind. When they were when they won their champions, when they won their championships, okay, it was the other guys on the team that was that was doing a lot of the the heavy. They weren't doing the heavy heavy lifting when they won those championships. Oh, you're saying Durant and Golden State and Kyrie and Cleveland had help? Yeah, Did a they? little bit. Yeah, just a smidge. And they, you know, they they weren't they were supported. They were great players, yep. great players. I'm just saying, yeah, they had more. Stable forces there on their teams with them. Yeah. So okay, that's that's about all the Kyrie Irving talk I've got in me. So let's let's move on. He wants out. <laughs> so we have discussed that. We have also discussed heavily the coordinator situation in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. Or lack of. Yeah. Little Nikki doesn't have any coordinators. Well. Yesterday we had Bill Keen on. We did. Who told us about some names that are that are out there, including one at, in South Bend, Indiana, right, that mm-hmm. looks like maybe that is going to be the direction of OC. I guess that's where it looks like it's headed okay. with Tommy Reese, I okay. guess. Okay, well, that's fine. But Todd Grantham interviewed for the defensive coordinator job for Alabama and has decided that he's going back to the NFL Okay, and the Saints. I, I have a question. I have a question. Why does this matter? Because, and I'm being very serious about this. You know, and again, I was at Nick Saban's opening press conference in 2007. Okay, and I'll never forget it. I it, it was amazing. All right, it's just an amazing sight to see. But I've seen so much, so many assistant coaches over the years, so many defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, and he continues to win championships. It's been some of everybody yep. who's been a coordinator for Nick Saban. So at this particular moment in time, 
Why does this matter anymore? Because little Nikki's the goat. And yes. so anything that happens concerning Alabama football is big news. Okay. All right, then. I mean, that's just what it is. Sure. Uh, when you're the sorry. goat, you know, it's everything's newsworthy. Okay. okay, fine. All right, then, then continue on. Continue on, then. If it was Wyoming, you're right. It wouldn't be in this. It wouldn't be a story today. It would probably be on Pro Football Scoop, or not Pro Football, College yeah. Football Scoop. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean they do. I, I mean, I'm sure there is one, and I'm sure those are hardworking people. The, the, I, the football Scoop. I, I just don't understand why this. But it's, you know, because nobody it, cares. People come Wyoming. through, and they and and Nick Saban hires who he hires, and then they enter the process, and then championships, you know, follow. So at this point, I'm convinced it really, I mean, it matters a little bit, but I'm not sure it really matters deeply who the coordinators are at it Alabama. It doesn't matter who's the coordinators at Alabama? It matters less. Really? Than other places, yes. Why? Because no matter who comes and who goes, they continue to win. So what's the difference? Well, they didn't with Bill uh, Bill O'Brien as the OC. Okay. How, 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 long did, how long didn't they win? How long was that? Well, he's been the OC, what, the last two years? Yeah, and they didn't win the last two years. They didn't win the last two years. Okay, And the so same with the defensive coordinator. Have they ever gone more than three years without winning? Two is enough. That's what they're saying. This is enough. Like, if you can't win yeah, okay. on your watch, then we, we got we to gotta start over. This, New coordinators. This happens to them from time to time. You know, you can't win the national championship Every year. Yeah, and that's when he ends up to, with know, Lane Kiffin and sure. others like that. That's sure, how it cycle, happens. But they cycle through. But more times than not, you end up winning with, with, with Nick Saban down there. So let's see if he goes through this year and if it, and it's a bust. you know. And God forbid he goes three whole years that way a national championship. That's fine. I mean, listen, I understand that you know people are following it. I understand there's a little bit of a soap attached to it, but I'm just saying – the goats go do what the goats gonna do would seem, and I'm not sure these. If the coordinators managed uh, mattered that much, then why isn't that when coordinators leave, the program doesn't fall apart? The program ain't fell apart. The program is all right. The program is out here winning. They didn't make it to the playoffs this year, so that's kind of a big deal. Oh, so, yeah, because that you know that, that's the first time. Ever. They have yeah. never made the first time since we've been holding playoffs that they have never made it to the playoffs. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of. Yeah, kind that of a big you deal. know, they really have fallen all the way off. It's kind of a big deal. You know, instead of losing two games, they lost three. Wait till if they don't holding, win it this hold, year. I mean, man. Cue up the Nick Saban's done. I can't I can't do it. The GOAT I, I needs to retire. Can't, listen, Cue that up if and they don't I, win it this listen, year. I am from these folks down Get here. Get ready. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Huntsville, Alabama. I am very clear. I get it. But, I mean, seriously. If they don't make the playoffs this year, oh, the Nick Saban air is over. It's over. He's, he's done. The game's and, passed him and by. what if it is? The, what if it is? What if it's over? We'll celebrate it like we do with Tom Brady, okay? It's over. It was great. It's done. Now they got to find the next guy. It's all right. It's all right, Alabama. If y'all win national championships, it's okay. It's okay. As I tell the Patriot fans, you can dry your tears with the championship banners, okay? Yeah. It's all right. Well, I'm just saying. So, and so am I. You can talk to them and say that, but they don't want to they don't want to oh, hear I, it. Oh, listen, I oh oh believe me, I know. They don't want to hear it. Believe, listen, I had an Alabama fan when the Cubs won the World Series. I was overjoyed. 
I was so happy when the Cubs won the World Series. And I had an Alabama fan with a straight face tell me, I understand how you feel. Because I remember when Alabama didn't win the national championship for 17 years, uh-huh. and it was a drought. The Cubs hadn't won the World Series 100. in 100 years. Hunsky. And 17. this person he was, was seriously, seriously comparing the 17 years of Alabama football without a national championship to the Cubs' 100 years of not winning the World Series with a straight face and oh, was dead serious. That person believed what they were saying. They, yes, they did. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll believe what Gentry Estes has to say. We'll talk to him next here on The McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. At Total Wine and More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 100 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, Sparkling Wine, Single Barrel Bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge, and even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long, so visit Total Wine and More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price, only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Online at CordellCordell.com. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. But did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy fresh, environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with free in-home water tests from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Online at CordellCordell.com. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. 
It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m., live here on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. It's the McFarlane Show. It's 50 years of Nashville Sports Radio coverage. We are your feel-good, very smart, original opinion on the Nashville sports scene and beyond. And we welcome your phone calls. And we mean it. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. Give us a call, 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Rolling along on this Friday afternoon from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. It's nice outside. It's just cold. Yeah. The sun finally came back yeah. out, but it'll be warmer next week. Supposedly 60s, maybe pushing 70, yeah. possibly. Oh, yeah. That's why you listen to the show, to get those great weather updates, just in case you hadn't looked. Let's bring in Gentry Estes, fine columnist for the Tennessean. He now joins us. Gentry, how we doing? I'm good. Good to be with you guys. Thanks for doing this. Speaking of sunshine, you know, if you have a nice, if you have good weather and sunshine, you could also have a nice yard. I'm still working on that. I tend to fail at a nice yard, nice green grass, which apparently isn't going to be the case at Nissan Stadium much longer because they have decided to go to turf, synthetic grass. How surprised were you at this news? Uh, pretty surprised. I guess I didn't see that coming. Um, I guess when you look at, at it from the standpoint of, you know, Nissan's days are numbered. Uh, they're going to be going to turf in the new stadium, supposedly. So I guess it made sense from, from that perspective. But, uh, I mean, pretty pretty surprising. I, I didn't. There wasn't. There didn't seem to be a real reason other than what the team said, which is they felt like the the grass at Nissan wasn't wasn't up to par. I'm just. Wow. I'm just confused on who to believe because this is not a new topic. This is a topic that's been going around, you know, for for decades. And I get it. The synthetic turf before, the artificial turf was what we called it back in the day, sucked, okay? It was awful. It was basically green stuff, that they, green carpeting that they rolled out over a parking lot and told them to play football games on. It wasn't good, okay? But we've come a long way since then. But yet the players tell you they want to play on grass. They, they say they, get, they still get hurt even with the new technology. Yet the Titans really took a different approach, and they're like, yeah, we feel like this is going to cut down on our injuries, which was really interesting to hear because that's the narrative for a good while now has been, man, it's just you got to play on grass. It'll the, the synthetic turf is still, you know, a direct result of a lot of injuries in the league. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think when you – if you were to talk to players, I mean, I, I still think the the general consensus is they would rather play on grass, and the turf is just less forgiving, and uh, you know, just just harder on the body in general, but also in terms of injuries. I, I think I was it was fascinating to me to see the, the Titans basically say their reason in doing this was was to help limit injuries, and I, you know, look if they really believe that, 
and you look at what's happened with this team the last couple of years, and, and I think the, the injuries, it's been ridiculous to, to a point that I'm not sure that the team fully grasped exactly why that's happened, and, and they're trying to look for ways to fix it. If, if they believe this is a way to fix it, then, then, then God bless them, go do it. Um, but to, to me, I, I think you, you, you kind of go back to the fact that turf is cheaper. It's, it's easier to maintain. And I, 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 I think that's why you, you've seen some other cities do this. Uh, Charlotte, most notably, uh, went away from it recently. Uh, at the same time that they brought in an MLS team to kind of you know, stop the, the wear and tear, uh, Nashville had an MLS team play in Nissan. Uh, for a couple of years without switching over to turf. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's also an aspect of this that I mentioned in a column that, that hasn't really been brought up much, but it, it could hurt the city's ability to get uh, U.S. soccer games here for the next few years. U.S. soccer's always liked coming to Nissan. They they always seem to, to play big games, qualifiers, certain things. The Mexican national team played there recently. So, uh, you know, from a soccer standpoint, it, it makes Nissan a lot less desirable. Well, I think even, and help me with this, Justin, we've had Butch Spirited on Mm -hmm. a lot on the show and and here recently. I know World Cup, I'm pretty sure he said they won't even play, right? You have to have a grass surface or they won't play at your venue. Did he not say that? He he did express that, yeah. Uh, So I I think that natural grass, but... Uh, but the, we were out of the running for the World Cup at this point, which I think is part of this move. If we thought the World Cup was still coming here in 26, then I'm not sure they would move away from the grass, but it's not coming. Nashville was not selected. So, you know, if, if we want to do anything soccer-related, I've got good news. There's a place not far from here uh, that does have natural grass that is soccer-only where yeah. people can play. Yeah, and you're, and that's – but I think that's – I'm asking because Gentry's – yeah. yeah, we've had these qualifier games and CONCACAF. We've had these other yeah, no, yeah. big soccer events, and they've always played on grass. I do wonder if all of that will completely dry up if they have synthetic turf. I don't know. Something, I guess, to monitor. Well, and I, I think it, with the new stadium, that was probably – I mean, that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, so it does make some sense to, to go to Geotis, even though it's it's about – you know, half half the size in terms of capacity, but uh, I, I don't think that's too far fetched. I think U.S. Soccer would still want to do that. Uh, the the women's national teams play in there here in, in the next few weeks, so I, you know, I I think that's probably how that'll go. Um, but you know, it's 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 they've had some some good games there, qualifier games, things like that. The you know, there there's several. You know tournaments and and then the lead up to the World Cup that the U.S. is going to host in 26. There'll be some some really good games because every team in the world is going to come prepare over here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. The NFL has put out the injuries were down 5.6 percent this past season, but concussions were up 18 percent. We've been talking a lot the last two seasons. You even alluded to it, Gentry, that the the Titans, for whatever reason, have led the league the last two years in injuries. And they really, and we, and we just realized, and we were wondering because they were. Mike Vrabel was asked about, you know, their equipment staff, and you know, will there be any changes? And a guy that that has been there for a long time, Paul Noska, affectionately known as Haas, they have decided to uh, part ways with him, and he's been around forever. Were you surprised by that? I mean, yeah, I think you have to be. I, I don't know the reasoning behind that. I wish I knew more about it. 
uh, in terms of like why they would want to do that. But yeah, that's a, certainly an eye-opening move. You know, a guy who's been around as long as he has with the organization to to, to make that kind of move. I, I mean, you got to believe there's a reason. I, I don't know what it would be. I mean, in terms of the injuries, I don't really put that on the equipment guy. Um, I, I don't really know how that's related, but. Um, you know, I'd be at some point we'd probably get a chance to ask Mike Vrabel why he did that. What do you think now that Rand Carthon is in place? And I know he's they've been doing a lot of work down in Mobile this week, and so anytime there's change, especially change at the top, what are some things? This is going to be a very, very interesting off season. So, where do you where do you think some things are they're gonna they're gonna tackle? Because again. Anytime you bring in somebody new, you know there's going to be a lot of change, and some of it may be really surprising, right? I mean, do you think you, there could be something where we wake up one morning and it's a, oh, wow, that happened? Probably. I would say probably, but that's something that I think regardless of the GM hire, I think that's what happens when you lose seven in a row to end a season. Okay. Uh, you know, everything kind of goes on the table at that point, and they're looking to fix things. It, no, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, they're going into a situation where they're 20-something million over the cap as we sit here right now. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to have to find a way to, to make up some of that space. Now, if you look at what certain guys are making, it kind of makes sense in some cases uh, to, to think that they, they, they could uh, – you know, their their futures could be in question. I think Taylor Lewan certainly one of those. Um, if, if he still wants to play, um, you know, maybe a few others here and there on defense, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham. Um, you look at Robert Woods' contract on offense. I, I think any of these, I think, yeah, you you would be surprised to 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 see it happen. But I think they're going to have to do some things to balance the books a little bit. That, that might be surprising. And I think when you see people mentioning the quarterback position as much as they are, I don't think it's dissatisfaction with Ryan Tannehill as much as it is how much Ryan Tannehill is in line to make. They've rolled over his contract so much uh, that, that he's making elite money. And, you know, do the Titans have an elite quarterback? I, you know, that's a good question. So I, if they, if they're, I think a lot of the the speculation you're seeing about Tannehill, I think nationally maybe the the perception is, oh, the, the Titans are ready to to move on. They don't think they have a good enough quarterback. I think it's about money, and the, the, because the question to me is, who are you going to get that's any better? But I think you have to factor in the cost in that as well, uh, in terms of if you can get, let's say, a Jimmy Garoppolo for half the cost, then then I think that's something they'd have to consider. Hmm. I want to switch gears away from the Titans uh, very quickly here um, because you're a columnist. You cover all sports, and you're, you're mindful of everything, uh, even if it's not the Tennessee Titans. And I, w- I just want to ask you about uh, your thoughts about Vanderbilt and their basketball season uh, and losing uh, by, you know, uh, getting 50-piece, essentially, by Alabama earlier this week and, and what that could mean for Jerry Stackhouse's uh, future and and kind of where you see the program here uh, as a program that doesn't get a lot of headlines, does not get a lot of pub here in this town. Well, I think they'd get more pub if they won. I think, I think there's an apathy that's kind of set in with that program. And mm. I think you've kind of seen it at Memorial this season. And, you know, I, I think in terms of where you see the program, uh, our, our beat writer, Aria Gerson, had a story today where she 
I spoke to Candace Lee about that, and uh, Candace spoke out in support of Jerry Stackhouse. Um, so I, I would encourage if anyone's really curious about where things stand, they, they can go read what she said. Uh, it's going to be what, what she thinks probably more than, than anyone else. And from best I can tell, I, I think the, from the administration standpoint of Vanderbilt, there's still a lot of support for Jerry Stackhouse, even though, I mean, clearly it, it, it's not going well. The last few seasons, even though Vanderbilt hasn't been very good, they've at least improved over the course of the season to where they've been playing their best at the end of the year. They were kind of on that same trajectory this season, got a couple of good wins, Arkansas, Georgia. Mm -hmm. But here in the last week, week and a half, it's really turned on, and they had a really bad performance at home against Kentucky that would have been a huge win for them, quite honestly, because they did have a good crowd that night, and that was one of the games that, that, that their fan base was kind of tuned into, and they just didn't play very well. Um, and, and lost that game, and then now you go to Alabama, and that was uh, just a pretty ugly loss. So, um, you know, I, I think by the time you get to the SEC tournament, usually that's when Vanderbilt's been playing their best. They played well in the SEC tournament last year. They played well in that tournament before. Kind of, kind of see where it is if it's an upward trajectory because right now it's not very good. Well, yeah, you know, clearly not. And I just wonder, you know, you said the sort of apathy that is set in around the program, you know, but why is, what is Vanderbilt thinking? In, in other words, you know, the administration, all of that, why are they okay with this uh, and what they've seen so far, it would seem? I, I, I believe that, look, when you talk to anyone about Jerry Stackhouse in terms of basketball people, other coaches, people in the industry, they're all very complimentary of him, have been for years. Uh, the sets Vanderbilt runs, they, they, they feel like Vanderbilt's a well-coached team. Um, you've always heard that. And, and I think Vanderbilt's AD, uh, Candace Lee, is, is, is a former basketball player. She, mm -hmm. she knows the sport, she understands the sport, and I think she's kind of looked and seen the same thing uh, for a long time. I think Vanderbilt also likes having, um, you know, a coach like Jerry Stackhouse who's, who's a name. You know, this is a guy who, who was, was a – very well-respected player uh, in, in his day, and I, I think that's, that's something the university has, has enjoyed having. Um, but the results are going to have to match at some point, and, and I feel like this really for the first time uh, since he's been with the program is, is when people are starting to get serious about, okay, maybe it's, it's time to try someone else because it's just, it's just not happening. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the other team in town, that's the Nashville Predators. Uh, going into the all-star break here, they're a point back of the last playoff spot here. Uh, they, like a lot like the Titans in a way, have gotten, and Darren and I talk about this often, the fact that both organizations over the last 25 years have been very close but have not been able to win the championship, not been able to become the world champions uh, that this city uh, is now, you know, clearly now wanting, clearly every city wants one, but Nashville's never had one here. Uh, talk to me about your perspective and how you see the Predators currently in Nashville sports landscape. How do I see them in the Nashville sports landscape? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they draw well at their game. Um, I, I feel like I, I would agree, though, that, it's kind of a common thing with a, with a lot of national teams here in recent years. Good, not great, right? You know, barely getting the playoffs, but but don't seriously contend. And I think the Predators this season have really been kind of a so-so season 
uh, for them to this point. Now, they've still got a ways to go, and I, and I will say that the three games right before the All-Star break, they, they were playing the best. Uh, they, they probably they were, they were trending uh, to a place that they've been before, quite honestly. It seems like, you know, when you have a team that's kind of middling the way they have been the last few years, yeah, it's bad sometimes, but there's also times it's really, really good to kind of balance things out. And I think the Predators were starting to get to that point. <laughs> Where they were, they were starting to play better, and it was going to start balancing out. I, I think the All Star break didn't come at a great time for them. They they gotten, a, I, I thought, it was a really good win uh, over the Devils in that last game, uh, right before the break. Uh, they won that game six to four, and it was the kind of high scoring shootout kind of win that they quite honestly have not been getting. They haven't been scoring enough to win those kind of games. They've been leaning on UC Soros pretty much every time. But this was different. This was the kind of game where they were able to, you know, they needed goals on numerous occasions. They overcame deficits i think three times and each time they needed a goal they were able to get one and, and go ahead and win the game that's what they haven't been doing that was an encouraging performance and you know i feel like they're still the they're still the kind of team that can get hot and get in the playoffs but the question is are they a serious contender once they get in there or are we going to see the same thing we've seen the last few years which is go lose in the first round that's what i think we we, we don't we don't know mm-hmm. um but in, in, you know from a big picture standpoint it goes back to the same conversation we've been having about the Preds now for a while, which is, do you blow it up or are they a serious contender? And I still, to this day, don't think we have an answer to that question. Wow. wow. Um, David Poyle, obviously longtime general manager of this, uh, of this hockey organization, the only general manager they've ever had. If, if Mr. Poyle walks away from this organization at some point without a Stanley Cup and, you know, moves on into – you know, this this uh, moves on to whatever's next here, retires. W- what does that mean for, for him? What does this mean for the organization? Was he successful? Was he a failure? Like, ultimately, what does that leave if they don't win the Cup? Well, I mean, you're not, he's, he's the only GM they've ever had. He's been doing this a very long time. So, no, I don't, I don't think you would view it as a failure. Um, but clearly, he, he wants to, to win a cup. I mean, he, he knows as much as anyone, I think involved in that organization, he's invested in wanting to do that. So, I mean, um, I, I feel like in Poyle's standpoint, it's not for lack of effort, certainly, but uh, when you look at that team, there's a lot of, you know, guys who are, who are on expensive deals and long-term deals. And I've kind of felt like for a number of years now, there really just wasn't a lot he could do. Uh, in terms of flexibility with the cap because of some of these deals. And, and they really don't have a choice at this point but to kind of ride it out and hope that your guys, Forsberg, Duchesne, Johansson, Yossi, these guys play to the level that, that, that they're being paid and that you expect them to play to. And, and I, I don't think that's unique in terms of a, of a GM in, in, in hockey where, unlike the NFL, you know, hockey, you can't really get out of these deals. And so – uh, the question is, is, is it enough? And, you know, for the last few years with the Predators, it, it hasn't been. Uh, again, they're pretty good, not great. And, you know, as we sit here now, it, I, I think we'd had this conversation at this point in the season last year. They, they had been playing a lot better, and they kind of limped to the finish line. So are they going to, to get hot and improve and be playing well at the right time of year? I think that's the hope. Gentry, we appreciate the visit. Have a great weekend. We'll talk down the road. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you bet. Take care, guys. Gentry Estes, fine columnist for the Tennessean. We're wide open the rest of the hour. 615-844-5600 is how you get in touch with us. Here is uh, We are on uh, a Friday afternoon. Yes. So this is the last chance this week to talk with us.
We'll take your phone calls, continue the discussion here on the McFarland Show next, WNSR. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new law that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now, 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. Catch your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravia. Grab your tickets by visiting grizzlies.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Your exclusive national sports radio, WNSR, Sky Scan Forecast. Today's going to be sunny with a high of 38. It'll be clear tonight, low 20. Saturday, sunny, high 50. Sunday, mostly sunny skies, a high 58. Utilizing the resources of the Weatherbug Network on national sports radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports Radio, WNSR. The Jim Rome Show. I get a lot of vacation. I understand that. However, I don't take a lot of sick days. These things are not one and the same. That was not like I worked eight straight days or I worked Super Bowl Sunday. I think I'll give myself a day off. I earned it. And by the way, I could because I have those days. I pride myself in not taking sick days. I hate that. We usually grind through it. But honestly, it was the right thing. In that case, it was the right thing. The Jim Rome Show. Weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Strike and Spare Studios. You're listening to The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. I think I remember the Titans when I hear this. 615-844-5600. Okay. Right? Yeah, I recognize it. Good movie. 
Excellent movie. Yep. Let's go to those phone lines. Nate is down in Columbia. Nate, what's up? What's up, guys? Um, beautiful Friday. Uh, yeah. It'll be a, be a little warmer this weekend and next week, but like y'all were saying. But uh, that, that kind of concerns me a little bit since we're in the middle of winter. But, you know. Well, it's I probably not it's done. That uh, yeah, the groundhog way. saw his shadow mm-hmm. yesterday. So six more weeks. Well, any time it gets where you can go swimming in the middle of winter, it's like, um, are we okay, or is something about to happen? Well, up north but, they're not swimming in any water because no, they it's are about not. thirty below, and it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, not right now. But when we receive notifications when we are not on said sports apps like ESPN, I take that as breaking news. Now, y'all discussed this a little bit with Gentry, the uh, injury decline and the concussion increase. Well, I was like, as an average um, football fan, so what? I mean, I expected the concussions to increase because – Y'all were cracking down on more, and in years prior, you were just sitting on your phones playing Wordle and Candy Crush and looking up every now and then and determining the concussions that way. I mean, I, I really don't see what the big deal is there. Did they have Wordle and Candy Crush back then? I don't think they did. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm even saying like last year, two years ago. It hasn't been the same process as it is you know, this year. I, look, I, I think there's some validity in what you're saying. You're, you're basically saying, well, the league now recognizes and they have someone in place at every game that says, yeah, that guy needs to come off the field right now. And, and you know, so they are taking – they have different steps in place uh, where before, yeah. But it's still not perfect, okay? It's still yep. not perfect. We still see examples, and I'm trying to think of who was the game – not too long. It may have been at the very end of the regular season, and one of the receivers was going nuts because the other receiver could barely walk or couldn't walk straight, couldn't even line up straight, and nobody was telling him to get oh, off the I field. Oh, I know what you're talking Who about. Who was yeah. that? I you know, it was you know the Patriots. I'm was pretty it? sure it was the uh, Patriots. Yeah, it was the Patriots, yes. Yeah, I don't know the names the, of the, the players, The receiver though. was number one that yeah. was concussed. Yeah. And it was – I'm uh, not going to know the name. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm going to draw a blank. I don't but remember he, which receiver, but he was going absolutely bonkers to yeah. get this guy off the field. I think he ended up going to take a knee next to him or something like yep. that yep. just to help him get off the field. Well, there. and he was screaming at everybody, yeah. too. So yeah, he was. Yeah. It's not he knew. perfect, but to your point, Nate, it's a lot, lot better. And so you would, if, there's, if the steps are different and the process is different, for the better for player safety, while it's not perfect, yes, you would naturally expect numbers to go up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and one quick thought on the NHL skills competition. I'm really yeah. excited for tonight. Um, I'm a tad bit disappointed because it looks like they are bringing in uh, some female goalies to do the goalie on goalie, basically shootout type thing. Um so, but, you know, that's cool that they're including them. It's just that I would like to see the actual NHL goalies 
shoot on other NHL goalies. Like we've been kind of clamoring for if they ever go through the entire roster in the shootouts have, you know, we wanted to see Pekka take a shot for years, but you know, get what you get, I guess. Yeah. Tonight, uh, for people who don't know, and I'm glad you're bringing this up, mm-hmm. uh, it's changed a little bit since, you know, even the format here when we hosted, what, five years ago, five plus six years ago, I guess yeah. it's been now. This is uh, down in Sunrise, Florida. The skills competition is actually tonight. I think it starts at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and it's on ESPN, okay? We had the skills competition here on Saturday night, okay? And then traditionally the All-Star game was always on well, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Like the NBA. Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah. So if you haven't looked, that's fine. It's cool. That's what we're here for. Tomorrow's NHL All Star game is tomorrow afternoon, hmm. and it's on ABC. Hmm. I think it's at two o'clock our time, hmm. three o'clock right. Eastern. So two o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow our time is the NHL All Star game. Why the switch? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's okay. a good question. I I don't know. Okay. So we've been accustomed over the years to Saturday night. Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. slash early evening for the All-Star weekend. That has been the formula. It's yeah. tonight and tomorrow afternoon, so just keep that in mind. And it sounds like most, if not all, of the events are outside, so this is going yep. to be a really cool event to see even on TV. Yeah, the red carpet is on the beach. <laughs> okay. Why didn't they just throw red sand down? Uh, I don't know. Might be some environmental concerns with that. I'm not sure. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, alligators by that arena, so maybe they didn't want to, you know. They went a lot off-site because you have to. This, yeah. If you've never been to this arena in Sunrise, Florida, it's out in the middle of nowhere, off an exit, by a mall. I mean, there's nothing around it. So uh, they did a lot of stuff. And, and we talked to Emma Lingen, who's down there uh, today on the podcast that we mm-hmm. taped that will be out a little bit later but they did. They've already taped a bunch of stuff, and they did it. They did it on a golf course. They did so. They've already taped stuff when the weather was nice. By the way, it was like eighty-two degrees today and sunny down there. But so yeah, they're trying to mix it up and do some different things. Well, y'all have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, Nate, you too. Let's step away. Come back. Wrap up the first hour. We'll do that next. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash, or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual Pie customer. As a small business, we're always looking for ways that we can offer the quality product and get some cost savings. Meet Michelle from J.J. Fister Distilling Company, a small business in California. When looking for workers' comp coverage tailored to the company's needs, she discovered Pie Insurance. We heard about Pie Insurance being geared for a small business, gave Pie a call, and ended up switching. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp insurance see how much you can save at iwantpie.com plus when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing your premium is based on your actual payroll not an estimate so your workers comp audit experience is simplified we saved about 30 percent off of our workers comp insurance when we switched to pie it's as easy as pie to get the savings you deserve 
What are you waiting for? Ask your agent for pie or get a quote in three minutes at IWantPie.com. That's IWantPie.com. Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dream. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagans. You know what the Mets stand for? It's Metropolitan. Yeah, that one. Metropolitan yeah. is a flavor of ice cream, right? Neapolitan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was that real? I mean, half and half. Oh, man. You talk about throwing me off complete. <laughs> My equator is gone. <laughs> the Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> The McFarland Show, video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare studio. Big voice guy got me. He got oh, me. full start. Full start. He got me. Don't call me Fred Miller, though. Oh, come on. That was don't, just the first Don't thing. bring that up now. What? I was telling Justin about being in Nolansville last night, so maybe that prompted uh, our next call. Let's go to Tony in Nolansville. What's up? Good afternoon, guys. I know we're up against the hour. Thank yes. you for taking my call this short notice right now. Uh, but uh, listening to some of the music off the soundtrack of Remember the Titans, guys, that's one of the most favorite movies of all time for me. I could watch it at least once a week. I just, It's just what they went through and what all that movie is all about. I know there's some Hollywood stuff in it, but... Yeah. It's still just when you put everything in perspective about it, one of my favorite movies of all time, whether it be sports or drama or whatever, just I had to say that. It's well, one of those um, movies, if you stumble across it, if you're channel surfing, yeah. you stop. It's well executed. As, you know, if I, if I stumble across it, I'm stopping. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to leave. A lot, of great moment, a lot of great moments there. Yeah. Great moments. I don't know if the Gettysburg, I've heard where that was true, then I've heard it wasn't true, but anything that moment where they did uh, brought them together, like I just think it was just a great movie. It touches so much of everyday life now that it's, you know, I wish we could all come together like 
they did in that particular town and stuff. And so, and I think one or two of the coaches, just one of them just died here recently, I think. Well, Coach Boone Yost just passed. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. And last thing I want to touch on, guys, with the All-Star Weekend, I find myself, this is funny, I enjoy the skills competitions and the hockey, but can't stand the hockey game. Just It's a joke. Basketball, I love the three-point shot and some of the dunks, but the game itself, I think, is a joke. Uh, the Pro Bowl, we all know that was terrible. But when it comes to the baseball, I could care less about the Home Run Derby. I think that's become ridiculous now, the Home Run Derby <laughs> and some of that. But I really enjoy the game. I think the game has some significance to it. I, we all like to see a couple more runs, but I still love the baseball game, all-star game, way better than the other three games. But uh, I thought y'all might want to talk on that a little bit. But, uh, guys, have a great, safe weekend, and just take care of yourself. And Thank you, Tony. got a lot of ball to watch. Yes, Thank sir. you, Tony. You do the same. Have a great weekend. We'll come back with hour number two next. From ABC News, I'm Michelle Franzen. Over the skies and the U.S. and on the move, a Chinese spy balloon detected this week. The U.S. military says so far it's not a threat, but they're watching. Brigadier General Pat Ryder says it's not the first time spy balloons have violated U.S. airspace, but this time it's different. What makes this different, different is uh, the duration and the length uh, of which it has been over uh, U.S. territory. The military says it's choosing not to shoot it down due to safety concerns over debris, but say it's still an option. State Secretary Antony Blinken's visit to China next week now on hold. ABC's Mary Alice Parks says Congress also wants answers. The White House telling us that they did brief the staff of the Gang of Eight. That's the four highest-ranking officials in each, in both the House and the Senate who normally get classified intelligence briefings. So the White House wanted to make sure that they were uh, being transparent with Congress as quickly as possible through their normal routes. An update on the trial for a Michigan police officer facing murder charges. A judge ruling the second-degree murder trial of the officer that shot and killed Patrick Loyola at a traffic stop can move forward. Former Grand Rapids police officer Christopher Schur seen on video shooting Loyola in the back of the head after a struggle over a taser. Schur's lawyers arguing that Michigan law allows officers to use deadly force to stop someone fleeing and to make an arrest. Prosecutors say, just like with any other citizen, deadly force is not justified unless the officer reasonably believes his or other lives are at risk. Circuit Judge Christina Elmore rejected the defense attorney's motion to throw out the case. Dave Packer, ABC News. Employers added more than a half a million jobs in January. That's nearly triple of what analysts projected for the month. Investopedia editor-in-chief Caleb Silver says it defies inflation. This is a blowout jobs report any way you look at it. The most hires seen in the leisure and hospitality sectors, along with retail. You're listening to ABC News. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. 
Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long long-term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, righty then. Now the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour rolling along on this Friday afternoon. Darren and Justin here. Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. You can watch us every day. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Let's talk a little Vandy. Chris Lee, VandySports.com. Chris, how we doing? Things are well. Hope you are too. Yeah. Things are good, man. Things are, uh, as we've talked about this week, a little bit better than the basketball program. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse making some news nationally and I kind of knew with those comments that that would probably get picked up right and uh, a lot of the national guys who cover college basketball putting stuff out there so one let's just start with the significance of losing 101 to 44 in conference it was their worst loss in two decades actually it wasn't the worst loss ever 2003 believe it or not uh, they lost 106 to 44. What did you make of uh, Tuesday night's game in Tuscaloosa? Well, look, Alabama's really good. But when you lose 57 points in conference, it's about something else. Um, if you didn't watch it, then I, I think there's one stat I could sum up effort in, and it's that Alabama was 17 of 20. That's 85% on two-pointers, which if you didn't watch it, you know those a lot were uncontested dunks. Um that looked to me like a, a coach who wasn't putting forth his best effort. Uh, you didn't see much coaching. You didn't see timeouts. It looked like a team that wasn't putting in its best effort. And when you do down on the road against a team that's ranked number four in the country and angry uh, based on getting blown out by a team that it shouldn't have been blown out by, then I guess 144 is what you get. Yeah. Do we know what exactly happened with uh, – you know, obviously they just come off a tough loss – to A&M, but, you know, in the story, I've been trying to read the, the what was being said. Jerry Stackhouse alluded to, you know, was asked about Tyron Lawrence not playing and alluded to, I guess, his demeanor coming in, uh, I guess, smiling after the loss to A&M. I, I don't know the details on all of that. What, what, can, what light can you shed on that particular subject? 
My understanding of what happened is, I guess, it, I don't know if it was the first practice after or one of the practices after the A&M loss that Jerry Stackhouse did not feel he was taking losing seriously enough. Um, so that didn't sit well, and that went into his being benched. Do you think that's maybe just the makeup of this team that maybe, and I don't know, I'm just asking, that this what has – Coach Stackhouse, you know, obviously enraged, not happy with this team. Yeah, you lose by 57, but they didn't particularly play hard. Yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw. But, you know, maybe it's just this attitude, the laissez-faire, you know, just kind of maybe that's – he doesn't see maybe that dog in him. I mean, I'm just – I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm just trying to ask you, like, is it something maybe the temperament of this team – that has him maybe a little frustrated at this point? I, I don't know what's fair and what's not um, with that. I wasn't there. I, w- I will tell you this. Um, I think there's been plenty of anecdotal evidence that um, I, I think the coach's work ethic at times can be questioned. Um, I, I've heard enough to, to know I think that's fair. Um you know, the, the saying is that teams a lot of times reflect the personality of their coach. I think sometimes that's true. And um, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I wonder, um, before you go casting stones, um, you know, that you, you might ought to look in the mirror, one. And, and number two, uh, you, you might also not use phrases like plan losses um, in your comments after getting beat by 57. So that that's just me. Maybe that's harsh, but um, before you're going to go throw stones, you might check your house first. Can you take that a little bit further, Chris? Because I am curious. I, I think Jerry Stackhouse can coach, but I've said on this show, I've been perplexed on why it hasn't looked any better. I mean, what is his conference record is like 16 and 45 and, why it hasn't looked at, is it the recruiting trail? Is it the wrong players being recruited? Or, uh, you know, what is Because I think he can coach. I do. I think there, I think at times, you know, I know we're coming off the hills of this game on Tuesday. At times, a lot since he's been here, they play really hard. So, what is the missing ingredient, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think the concerns, and these have been concerns since literally the week he got the job, that he has not the time. How do I say this? Not not put in the time necessary to the job that you need to put in. And if you're Division One coach, I think that has particularly been true in recruiting and evaluation. Uh, that has been the concern since he got here. I think you were seeing that play out in a lack of talent. Uh, I think sometimes you were seeing that play out in a lack of fit, even some of the more highly regarded recruits he's gotten. Um, I've heard from the beginning that there was a question about fits with with Player X and, and his personality, and I've heard that on multiple occasions. Um, I think if you're a coach and you're doing your diligence – a lot of times those things resolve in the recruiting process because you figure out who fits and who doesn't. I just think a lot of it has been a question of, of putting in the time that it takes. And look, when you are an SEC basketball coach, it takes a lot of effort. I'm not sure how much spare time some of these guys have. 
And I, I don't necessarily endorse that in a lot of ways, but it's the reality when you're getting paid three and a half million dollars to coach a basketball team, and you're not doing your diligence in recruiting and on the players you're bringing in. Um, and when you're 16 and 54, almost four four years after that, um, to, to me, you lose a lot of the benefit of the doubt when a lot of the things that went wrong were very predictable. I'm a little confused on the recruiting part when you when you alluded to that. I mean, it was well documented when he came in. Different AD, it was Malcolm Turner, but it was well documented that Jerry Stackhouse had this crazy big staff, <laughs> right? I mean, he yeah. had a monster staff. So they they're getting paid. So why wasn't you know the recruiting? What, why would you have issues with that if you've got this big staff, I mean, where a lot of their jobs are to focus in on the recruiting part of things? Well, first of all, he, he trusts a lot of his guys to do that. You look at the first staff he signed, um, David Grace, who was done some pretty good things in recruiting, but I think had also been fired the last five or six stops that he'd been at, which should have been probably a red flag. Um, the other two guys on his first staff, one was a high school coach who'd never recruited in his life. The other was a guy that he knew from the G League who'd never recruited in his life. And you look at the players that they signed the first couple years, there's not much left there. And, I mean, the, the best player that he has signed out of high school in four years is probably Jordan Wright. Fine, but he's not – starting on an upper-division or upper-level SEC team, um, the best players he's had, Scottie Pippen, he inherited. Uh, Liam Robbins, his uncle got him. Conroy, who is now at the Citadel as a head coach. I, I just think that you look at the guys he has evaluated and brought in, he's had a bunch of transfers who've missed who aren't here anymore. His track record for finding and developing players isn't very good when, when four years in. Jordan Wright is the best high school recruit he's probably signed, and they signed Jordan Wright uh, in May, which is not – you're usually – if you're signed in May, you're, you're one of two things. You're either a project or you're a McDonald's All-American level kid, and Wright was considered more the latter. I, I just – I don't know. It, to me, it, it's not hard. Um, you can see this coming from year one, and you're getting the results of it now. Okay. What you're saying is is heavy for me. I've not, I've not heard this this level of criticism towards uh, Coach Stackhouse before. So if this is the case, then why is the administration sticking by him so far? I think they're paying him and his staff a lot of money. I think they want it to work. I think he and the AD get along. I, I think you've seen some flashes of things, and I'll give him credit. Last year. Um, they got to the NIT. They got to the NIT even though he had two key players hurt part of the time, in Robbins and in Rodney Chapman. And you can go back and say, well, maybe if they get those guys healthy the whole year, it's different. Now, look, a lot of other teams in the country have injuries too. And with Robbins, that was also probably part of the ref as he'd had some trouble staying healthy. So it's not entirely unforeseen, but – yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a question a lot of fans are asking because I think a lot of fans see it, um, and it feels like a, it's obviously a time-to-move-on situation to much of the fan base. Um, 
and I'm just not sure what the department feels the same way. I guess we'll see. Well, from the comments made today in, in the Tennessean, it would seem that they that they don't currently, but again, we're in the middle of the season right now. Um, I know Coach Stackhouse has mentioned that uh, his goal for this team for this year is to come away with a winning record. Do you see that as being possible for this basketball team? It doesn't seem like it. They are 2-11 and 11 against Kim Palm Top 100 teams. That is mostly what they're going to play, be playing from here on out. Um, you, you just had the 57-point the blowout. You just had him bench one of his better players in that game. You got Jordan Wright, who's probably not going to play tomorrow, and I don't know how many games he's going to be out. Look, Jerry Stackhouse, I'll give him credit. They have been close in a lot of games. They pulled some upsets here and there. Uh, they did it against Arkansas a couple of weeks ago in one of the better performances they had. Two weeks ago, they went to Georgia and won a game in a place um, at a time when Georgia had been playing well. Now, it's kind of fallen apart for Georgia since, but at the time, that was a team that was playing well. That was a road win. Um, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but the body of work suggests it's not. And the schedule ahead with Tennessee coming here, uh, with another game against Kentucky, and some other games against teams uh, that are going to be fighting for an NCAA tournament bid, including two against Florida, which beat Tennessee. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem to be in line with what they've done so far. I've read of, uh, a stat that Coach Stackhouse is 16-45 and 45 in SEC play. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I believe um, – or 54. Okay. Well, I think it's I think it's 16 and 45. 16 and 40. Listen, I think e- either way that isn't good. Um can you just talk about the lack of being competitive inside the conference and what that does long term I guess to the to the team that's there. I mean, I would imagine that this team doesn't feel very confident uh when taking on this part of their schedule. It do- it wouldn't seem like their history would suggest that they are going to be very successful going down the stretch here. Yeah, um, I, I could argue that both ways. I mean, I think tomorrow's going to tell us a lot because if they come out tomorrow and they dog it, um, look, Ole Miss is not a good team. Ole Miss is going to be playing with Matt, without, maybe without Matt Morell, who's their best player. It's going to be playing out with their second leading scorer. He's already done for the year. So this is a bad team they're catching, possibly without its top two players. If they don't win that one at home – I don't think that bodes well for the future. Having said that, Jerry Stackhouse's teams have been pretty resilient. The one thing that they've done down the stretch of seasons is they played well. Uh, they've won some games where it didn't seem they had a lot to play for. I think if the team rallies behind him, uh, they are capable of giving good effort and pulling some upsets, especially with Liam Robbins out. Uh, but if that's a team that showed up in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday night, they've got no chance. Um, I'm curious, sir, and forgive me in advance, but how long have you been covering Vanderbilt Athletics? 20 years. 20 years. You have seen quite a bit then. You have uh, you know all about uh, the days in which this team was better than this, uh, the Coach Starling days and, and all the way back uh, to, to before that. Can you just talk about how far this team has come? And when I say far, it has in – regressed i suppose what is it going to take to get the magic back over there memorial and is that still a possibility not under this coaching staff sir i'm just saying 
moving into the future where the fan base is still here, still willing to go to Memorial, still willing to fight the parking, still willing to make the walk, still willing to do the things that we have seen them do uh, over there at Memorial Gym and making that a special program and a special place? Man, that's a great question. Uh, because I've, I've been in that gym where it's literally the loudest building I've ever been in in my life. Yes, sir. I've seen them do crazy things. I've seen them beat number one teams. Um, I've seen them go to Sweet 16s and, and do some, some pretty cool stuff. Um, I believe I think it's a tougher job than it was when Jerry Stackhouse took it. You've got NIL. You've got the portal stuff. Um, they're not going to the the pay-per-play stuff with with recruits um the athletic department has made that pretty obvious uh and there's some good things to that there's some bad things to that transfers are never going to be easy to get into for a lot of reasons um at the same time it's a place that's always had difficulties uh for for those reasons uh pay-per-play maybe by another name when it was not legal um, transfers have never been easy to get into or into school, but you've seen coaches that made it work. You, you've seen Kevin Stallings made it work for a, a good decade, right in the middle of his career. Yes, um, it is a fan base that, when things are going well, shows up and it's loud, and they got a pronounced home court advantage. You got a lot of things going for you. You've got um, the prestige of having available degree, you've got a great city, you've got a high-profile league. There's a lot of reasons you can win in spite of that. So I don't know. I, I do know this. Um, next guy who comes in here, if there is a next guy soon, it's going to have to be somebody that will get out and, and rally the fan base, do public appearances, do media stuff. Um, excite the fans, mingle with the fans. Those are a lot of things that he basically didn't do. And it's going to need to be also a, a guy who's really going to get after it recruiting um, and leave no stones unturned, do his diligence on recruits. Again, that's just something that uh, there's, there's too many stories out there where they didn't do that and it's costing now. I think you get those things and a guy who's had – you know, a little bit of the history of winning somewhere, you, you've got a shot. Now, having said that, <laughs> Bryce Drew was the guy that, that had won at, you know, at a previous stop, albeit a lower level, did recruit well. It fell apart. So it may not work even if you check a lot of the right boxes. But um, there's some very obvious places they can go for coaches who I think will approach the job in a much different way than, than Jerry's done if they decide to do that. And, and I think the fan base will certainly – uh, it, it's certainly starving to latch on to hope somewhere. Uh, and I think given the right guy, you, you could find some buy-in again. Chris, appreciate the visit. Have Thank a great you, weekend. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Chris Lee, VandySports.com, 615-844-5600. Wide open the rest of the hour. It looks like little Nikki has honed in, and um, reports are sources are saying he's got himself an offensive coordinator. We'll tell you who we're talking about. If you want to react to anything you've heard uh, so far or that's going to happen this weekend, feel free to call us. We'll take your calls the rest of the hour as well. More of the McFarland Show next. 
As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual Pi customer. The other workers' comp insurance company, they were going to reclassify our business, and then they were going to charge me $50,000. Meet Natalie, owner of the carpentry shop. Shocked by an unexpected bill, she knew it was time to switch her workers' comp provider. That's when she found Pi Insurance. When we got the quote back from Pi, it was a sigh of relief. They put us in a policy where we fit. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp insurance? See how much you could save at IWantPi.com. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. I'm grateful that there's a company out there that's willing to insure us little guys because every dollar counts. With Pi Insurance, you get pricing and coverage made for small businesses. What are you waiting for? Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote in three minutes at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit GiveWestwood.org. GiveWestwood.org. Golfers, tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a Bill King Show. Smoked a turkey. Smoked it about nine hours. You know the little red button? I've never liked that, first of all, and I don't trust it. The internal temperature is what you should trust, not the stupid red button. That red button never popped out either, and I was was starting to get worried because my wife likes the red button. I don't. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. We can take your phone calls, 615-844-5600. Looks like Nick Saban is expected to hire Tommy Reese. And I said this at the beginning of the show, but 
it's getting out there on Twitter that uh, there's people now sourcing it. Sources have told on three sports that Tommy Reese is going to be the new OC at Alabama. Reese has been um, was a former Notre Dame quarterback and has been on the Notre Dame staff for the last six seasons and the last three as their OC. So it looks like maybe Tommy Reese is now going to Alabama. Chris Lee came on here, and, you know, it's we were talking about this during the break. Yeah. Justin, it's tough because I, I don't have anything against Jerry Stackhouse. I know we've talked about it a lot this week, and look, it's what happens. Unfortunately, when you lose by 57, man, it just changes things. Believe it or not, if they had lost by – 21, it just wouldn't have the same effect, right? You were like, yeah, you went into a buzzsaw. You went down to Tuscaloosa, top one of the top teams in the country. They got smoked over the weekend and the Big 12 Challenge. And you know what? It was about – heck, I said it. <laughs> we had a caller on Tuesday's show. What do you think about tonight's game? And I'm like, oh, don't have a good feeling. Mm. Not 57-point loss feeling. But no. Just didn't have a good feeling. Like, yeah, it's just – this is probably where Alabama is going to play really angry tonight. And they did. Yeah, they did. Not to that level. That's no. Not, I didn't think that was going to happen. Did I, if I would have said, you know, if I would, if you would have said they're going to lose by 22, I would have been like, well, okay, that's not ideal. But, I mean, I would be surprised if that happened. But, you know, 57, it just takes things to a different level. And it, to me, it just is a little perplexing because I think – Jerry Stackhouse can coach. When I watch their games, I think he is not a ball roller. The guy's coaching. Like, you've heard that term, right, over the years. Like, ah, oh, he's just yeah. a ball roller. He's got all this talent. Which means he basically opens up the gym and rolls, rolls the, ball the ball out there and let the players do you whatever they do. You guys are extremely talented. Just do your thing. Yeah. Okay? It's like having the team from Blue Chips. <laughs> Nick Nolte's team. <laughs> okay, so that's an old, re- old movie reference. 80s movie reference, but... He was a ball roller. But anyway, not really, though, when you think about the movie. No. Um, So you're trying to figure out, and I do think what Chris brought up was interesting about how much has NIL and the transfer portal hurt? How, How much does that make things even more difficult for Vanderbilt? I would imagine very. Because they can't take in just anybody. No. From the transfer portal. No, and never could. I mean, they never could – they couldn't recruit the average superstar basketball player anyway. They were looking for a specific guy to come in and play basketball for them and football and baseball and golf and bowling and whatever else they play. It, it, you, everybody doesn't apply. You have to find uh, the academic All-American uh, to come, here, come in there and meet the great requirements. You do. Um, which is why the you know school hasn't been for everybody, and sometimes they have sacrificed that if it means wins in the basketball court or on the professional, uh, not professional, but on the uh, on the fields of play wherever they may go. Now, the question is, can they adapt and find a new way to win in this particular place where kids jump around quite a bit? They come here, they dabble, then they jump somewhere else, and they dabble, and then they go somewhere else. How do you get somebody to come here, buy in, without the threat of, well, you can go over there, but you can't play if you go? You know, with that, without that hanging over your head, how do you get people to stay who have talent and have the opportunity to go play on a much bigger stage than the one they're going to find here? 
And, and that is the big question that Vanderbilt, whoever is coaching, whether it's Jerry Stackhouse or somebody else, is going to have to figure that out. I'm just perplexed how Jerry Stackhouse, the guy who played in the league for you know 18 years in the NBA, yeah, huge name. Sure, if you're a ba- if you're if you're a basketball fan or you're playing basketball, you know Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, okay, you're not like who? I mean, oh, what? He, yeah. nobody's doing that. Yeah. So why don't why doesn't he have families going? I want my kid to play for Jerry Stackhouse, and they've got wow. – Bryce Drew could recruit. Like, where are the Darius Garlands? Where are these – Bryce Drew was getting big-time players in here. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to see any of them play out because they kept getting hurt, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But Bryce, it, he couldn't get anything to translate to W's, right? It just was, for whatever reason, it, by the end, it was just a total mess. Okay. Why, why can't a guy with that name recognition and power get – and playing it, coaching in the SEC get big-time kids in here? Because the two don't match. Okay. Because the same families who would want their sons to play for Jerry Stackhouse are not the same families whose sons get the kind of grades needed to be a Vanderbilt. So – it's not that Jerry – if we talk long enough, I think we're starting to put this together. Could it be possible that Jerry Stackhouse is a really good basketball coach but at the wrong institution? Could it be possible that Jerry Stackhouse would do a lot better at an institution where maybe the academic standards were not so high and he could use his name recognition more to his advantage than he can do? If I am a big-time basketball player – and if my father remembers Jerry Stackhouse fondly, and we want to come play for Jerry Stackhouse real bad, but I have a 2.2 GPA, it doesn't matter how badly we want to come play for Jerry Stackhouse, nor does it matter how great my or, or or you know how good I am as a basketball player. I can't hack it in the classroom, according to my 2.2 GPA at Vanderbilt. So that means I'm out. So who can? Well, these sets of kids can, but their families perhaps don't care that Jerry Sackhouse played 17 years in the NBA. They're just saying, well, you know, my son plays basketball. He's really good at it, but he's really good at a lot of things. And, you know, this basketball thing is something he does on the side. But, you know, we are hoping that he becomes an attorney or a you know, business tycoon or a Supreme Court justice instead of, you know, a role player in the NBA. So the the two fields don't mesh together. Is my is my only theory because you're right. He has massive name recognition in the basketball world without question. You know, 17 years in the NBA and on top of that, where did he go to school? He went to North Carolina. Who did he play for? Did he played for Dean Smith, did he not? Wasn't wasn't he a member of the of Dean Smith's last the last leg for Dean Smith. Dean Smith is considered to be on the Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. Is he not? Am I overstating it? Uh, no, you're not. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. The problem is the the kids who can come to Vanderbilt may not know or care about any of that. And so, therefore, it just may be not, good, not a good fit. Just not a good fit. Well, the other thing may be whenever you also want that big, Big name kid, right? You know, McDonald's All American, five star, whatever. Sure. 
it's either it could be the grade situation that you brought up, or they want to get paid. Yeah, and Vanderbilt ain't playing that. Right. So he's got two <laughs> two things working against him that lends to big time recruits. Is that fair? Yeah. Either one or both. Maybe they don't have the grades to get in, or they want to get paid. Yeah. Big money. Yeah. Or they or both. Could yeah. be in play, and and, and listen, Daryl. You both have been following this program for for a little while here. Since when has Vanderbilt ever gone after the one and done guy? They've never gone after the one and done guy anyway. Well, Darius Garland, I think people suspected was going to be one and done. The people suspect he was going to be one and oh, done. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, then yeah. maybe. Then, oh, I, yeah. then I'm sorry. Then then I then I missed that. Then let's just say Bryce um, Drew wasn't afraid of that. He was getting one and dones. Okay. So what? But, but well, it just wasn't translating to wins. I guess I didn't they were see it hurt. because it just didn't. It yeah. just didn't materialize no. that way. So it just never, it never manifested the way that that would show that kind of uh, that kind of production. Um, and that goes into something else. And and we need to you know just touch on this briefly. And I respect the fire out of Bill King, uh, but something he said yesterday about the Vols and and football that the Vols are recruiting right now and and they're on fire recruiting-wise because of the system at Tennessee, and he's correct about that. Um, but I think I think that both he and, and, a, and a couple of other of our Vandy guy, of our Vols guys are, are under, underestimating the impact of trying to get guys into the NFL. It means something. It just does. If you can come in and you can convince a recruit. It just means more. That I, if you want to say that way, that we can be a, a, a avenue for you to get into professional sports and we can be a strong avenue for you to get into professional sports, that means a lot. A lot of guys go to Alabama, yeah, because of Nick Saban and all that, but because they know if they just do okay at Alabama, they're going to be first, second, third round picks guaranteed. In the National Football League. Yes, they are. And getting guys through to the next level of professional sports means something on the recruiting trail. It just does. Because we still talk about it to this day. Every time that somebody comes on the field or comes on the Super Bowl, we always go back, well, where did he go to college? He went to college here. They pay attention to that. Kids pay attention to that. They know where the pedigree comes from. So, yeah, getting guys to the NBA, getting guys to the NFL for both Vandy and for Tennessee and for their programs is a big deal. It's a big deal. We haven't asked Tim Corbin about it, but I'm sure it's not hurting Tim Corbin that he's got some guys, you know, playing at the show, as they call it. Um, and he's been a part of their journey to the show. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do think it's a thing. I think it's not that less. people wouldn't come play for Tim Corbin anyway. I'm not suggesting. No, that. I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying it's lessened because of what we were just talking about. NIL, I think, has lessened that because I just think kids now they're just like, okay, well, where, where do I? There's two things in play. There used to be a time where it was like, well, like you said, I'll just go to Alabama because I know even if I don't start all four years, even if I don't play a ton all four years, I'll get noticed because there's scouts always watching. True. Alabama. Yeah. But there used to be also be a time where people were like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play regularly. I don't know if I'm even going to be a starter, but I just want to play for fill-in-the-blank big-name school. Kids today, yeah. they don't care about that stuff as much. They just don't. They care about themselves. 
They care about where can I play right away. What? That's why I think this is going to be tricky with Nico. And for now, he's just going to be Nico on the show until we learn how to say his last name correctly. Bill Flex yesterday. Which we will. Okay, we will. We'll get to it. And then we'll flex all the time, too. Absolutely. But for now, he's still Nico. Yes. He's getting – the reports out there, he's got millions, right, waiting for him at UT. Apparently. Uh, Apparently. I don't know. Allegedly, apparently, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Okay, his ideal is very lucrative. Mm -hmm. He's a big name. He's a big-time recruit. And Bill Keen just came on here yesterday and said he checks all the boxes. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. So, again, Joe Milton, you may start week one. You may start against Austin P in week two in Knoxville. But a kid that's got – who's a big name, big recruit with dollars attached to it, he ain't going to sit there very long, right? He's going to be like, yeah, it's all good that you want me to wait and learn a little bit. Yeah, it's time to get me out on the field and have me learn out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't. They're not going. They're just not coming to sit and learn oh, no. and grow. No, no, no. It's no. like no, 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 no. I I, I don't see Put how me Joe Milton out there. makes so it through it, the season. The point we, is, we yes, talked about that. It's not going to be very long because that's just how it works today. Yeah, especially when you got the whole dollars things attached to it. They're like, oh, we paid him all this money to sit on the bench. Oh, yeah, no, they want the guys to play now. We want him out there on the field. Oh, they want him out there to play. Because he gets recognition for the school. He sells jerseys. There's all kinds of things attached to it. Mm-hmm. He sells tickets. Yep. People watch, which means then Tennessee wants – they want to put Tennessee on a more national stage. Yeah. Right? They're going to start shuffling things around. You oh, know yeah. how this works. Big name. So there's a lot of things working against maybe what we've been talking about. And you know what? It's yeah. pretty interesting that you said that. I don't know the answer, but I suspect you may be onto something. I about, suspect you may be going part? down the right road. Maybe the real question is, or the real answer is, maybe Stack is at the wrong school, unfortunately, because it makes it really hard to do what should be pretty easy for him to do over just a just a college Division One basketball coach, right? Yeah, that yeah. doesn't have anywhere near the clout or name street cred that Jerry Stackhouse has. Or should have. Or should have. Should have. Yeah. Because he doesn't <laughs> – I'm not sure it's it's respected all that much over on West End right now. I just – I mean, why? I mean, why, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing here, but it could be a great fit elsewhere. I don't know where elsewhere it is, but it could be a great fit elsewhere. We'll come back. More of the McFarland Show. Next year on Nashville Sports Radio. Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line 
Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. Catch your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravia. Grab your tickets by visiting grizzly.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on, 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Online at CordellCordell.com. Today on Hey Culligan, smooth skin and soft hair comes from where? Here's Mike. Hey Culligan, I've tried every conditioner, lotion, and body wash known to man, and my skin still feels like sandpaper. It could be your water, Mike. Oh, that's harsh. More like hard water. Are you interested in smart, high-efficiency water softeners from Culligan Water? Huh? Want baby smooth skin and soft, luxurious hair? <laughs> yeah, can you hurry? I have a date tonight. We're already on the way, Mike. Let us help you out with the free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get a five Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petit fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now. And treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville, Bob's Steak and Chop House. At the Omni Nashville Hotel. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. I bought a piano for Grace, okay, when she was like 12 years old, and she was really good. Uh, Just to get the piano out of the house, uh, and I couldn't sell it, do you know who I gave it to? Kelly Holcomb. Did you really? For his his daughter, who's now uh, the leading scorer at Lipscomb Women's Basketball. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. The McFarland Show, broadcasting live in Rutherford County on 107.9 FM. Wow, we got some good music this week. Here we go. 107.9 down there in Smyrna, Rutherford County. Good afternoon to all of you. Thanks for listening down there. Coming in like a blowtorch. Down (laughs) I-24. I was looking at... um, on three. Do you ever look at on three? No. This is on what is three. On, what is on, on three, three recruits? Oh no! I know what you're talking about, but no, I'm not. I haven't been on that website a lot. No. By the way, four-star quarterback Walker White has committed to Auburn. Oh. Okay. According to on three recruits in the last hour. Okay. The and now I, I down there t- with Coach Freeze. See what they can do. Yep. And I suspect Auburn will start getting more players now that 
Hugh Freeze mm-hmm. is there. He's uh, crawled four, through the broken glass. Yep. Four-star safety Jacob Oden has committed to Michigan. But I was looking at there, and now I lost it. Jeez, oh, here it is. No, that's not it. They had put out their latest mock draft. I just wanted to see who they would have. And it's not like by team. Okay. It's just like basically saying we're ranking. For spot, yeah. Yeah, we're just ranking the spots. Here's right? the top 50 players or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I, I think you. they did top 25. Okay, good enough. Okay. Good enough. And I don't know why in the world I cannot find it. But anyway, okay. I want to see who they had at 11. I think it's going to shock you because that's what picked the Titans at, right? They do. Um, at 11, you want to try to guess the position? Uh, I just found it. Let's let's go with... Uh, they tweet a lot, by the way. That's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> how, how about offensive tackle? Let's say an offensive tackle. Oh, okay. Good question. I mean, a good answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because no. they need an offensive tackle. They do. But on three does not have them. Okay. On three does not have them with a, an offensive tackle. Okay. Which is, I think, a really good guess. There, there are a couple there um, that, you know, people think may have flirted back to that particular spot. Um, if it's not an offensive tackle, what about edge rusher at number 11? Wow, well, it's another really good answer. But Justin. no, really no, the good. answer is no. The answer but is incorrect. No. Okay, then I don't know. You want me to keep guessing till we go through all 11 no, positions? No, no. The, well, there's yeah. another one that's pretty important that we kind of. Well, wide receiver is the yes, other one. Yes, there we go. Wide receiver. Now, listen, there's two in particular. There's the guy from USC. Then there's the guy from TCU um, that, are, that are the two that people think are going to go somewhere in that neighborhood yep. of, you know, 10 to 15. So, which one do they have? They have the TCU receiver, Quentin Johnston. I, I man. Third overall. Thir- Excuse me? Third overall. Oh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> no, no, he's not. It's not. <laughs> no, not I know. Again, they're not yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to play. This is who I think. Yeah. They're not worried about but they have what him the as Texans the third need. Best player. Yeah. You know, what the Colts need or what the Bears need. They're just like, these are the cats. Yeah. You know, and this is this is what this is how we rank them and just what they're bringing to the table, right? Yes. Who's the best? Yes. They have Jalen Carter number 1, right? No surprise there from no, Georgia. From Georgia. Broderick Jones, there's your tackle from mm-hmm. Georgia number mm-hmm. 2. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Quentin Johnston number 3. Mhm. Boy. When you look at him you know, and Darren, have you looked at him oh, yeah. a whole lot oh, here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 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 wow. I mean, it, it blows your the, the size, uh, the physicality, the uh, you know, uh, the breakaway speed. I mean, he's got all the tools. Now, is he as advertised? You know, I don't, I don't know, and none of us know. That's that's the issue. But he looks the part. But a lot of guys look the part, so you can't get too excited about that. They have their first quarterback at four. <laughs> okay. Why why, why are you chuckling with the – why are you laughing like that? Because I have a feeling it's it may play out this way. I just do. Okay. With with the number – Will 
Levis. Oh, come on. I know. Okay. I know. So this happens all the time. I know. This happens all the time. Again, they're not putting players with teams in their needs. They're just ranking their players. This happens all the time. Will Levis, four. The season ends. Quarterback, one. And then we get into this funny time of year (laughs) where we start hearing rumors and lists like this come out, and we hear about mysterious quarterback camps uh, and alliances and relationships and, oh, he's been working with this guy and guys you've forgotten about, guys you haven't heard about in a long time. All of a sudden, we'll find out that Will Levis has been working with Dan Marino and his quarterback camp. Dan Marino has a quarterback camp. Well, you didn't know about Dan Marino's quarterback Does camp. Does now. He man, <laughs> Will Levis just went through it, and he's been looking incredible. He was the best one there. He was the best one there. Then he left there and worked with Donovan McNabb at his quarterback camp. Donovan McNabb is a quarterback camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's where um, what's his name came through? Uh, what's that kid's name? That, that kid you know, that went to Rutgers. You know that kid. You know, that kid. He went know, to Rutgers. He, you, know. you know the same kid before he hurt his knee. And that, and then he, he transferred through, to Penn State. You he remember went that through, kid? He went through McNabb's quarterback camp. Yeah. And, you know, he's the, and and next thing you know, people just start rising uh-huh. up list. Yeah. And and then draft day comes and they call a kid's name. And you go, who? Who's this guy? Yep. Who is he? How did Mitchell Trubisky end up here? How, how did Daniel Jones end up How at did six? Daniel Jones end up at six? Well, you know, he worked with David Cutcliffe, and David Cutcliffe worked with Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning and Peyton Manning been, Yep. You know, Peyton Manning said, there's no record of this anywhere, but Peyton Manning said Daniel Jones is the best quarterback he's ever seen somewhere. I don't know where he said it, but he, he said it in a side conversation at a camp one year, and all of a sudden now Daniel Jones is six overall out of nowhere. I'll complete the list and tell you who they had at number 11 on the other side. Okay. We'll come back and wrap up the McFarland Show this Friday edition and this week. We'll do that next here on WNSR. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Hey, small business owner, when's the last time you checked your workers' comp rate? For many small businesses, workers' comp insurance is one of their biggest costs. But some don't check their rate often. Did you know rates can vary? In fact, taking three minutes to check your rate with Pi Insurance could save you up to 30%. Just go to IWantPi.com, share a few details about your business, and get a quote that's customized for you with no hassle or hidden fees. We know you're busy, but spending just a few minutes to check your rate could save you money. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes. 
during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4 Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo, Maria and Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I've already seen them rolling out the advertisement for this brand new NFL Pro Bowl thing they're trying uh, with the skill challenge and flag football. And uh, I guess they've decided, you know what, just we're not doing the game at all. Just, you know, forget it. It's been a garbage game for a long time, but yet people still watch. You get TV ratings. Sure. TV ratings are still good. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The McFarland Show, video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare studio. Got me again. Strike two. False start. Getting close to Fred, I'm telling you. On Darren McFarland there. Okay, Will Levis was QB1. Yes. This is on three, okay? Will Anderson was number five. Mm. So there's your first. Edge guy. Okay. Edge one. Yeah. Okay. Bijan Robinson is your first running back. Running back from Texas. Six. Mm-hmm. Okay. He won't go that high. No. Nah. Not, I don't think not so in this either. NFL. I agree. Nah. No chance. Bryce Young, seven. So there's your first, your second quarterback, QB two. Okay. So Bryce Young at seven. Tyree Wilson, edge guy, Texas Tech. Hmm. Eighth. Don't know a lot about yeah, him. Yeah, I don't either. Don't okay. either. C.J. Stroud, quarterback three hmm. at number nine. Okay. Jordan Addison, there's your wide receiver, USC. There he is. So wide receiver two. Okay. So they've got both the guys that you brought up mm-hmm. just going before the Titans pick. Well, okay. TCU, they had third pick overall, and this cat from USC, 10th. So I didn't just think the separation between them was that big, but okay. Well, as far as you know, talent, Jordan, but I, Jordan's I got going to measure at six foot. Uh, Quentin's going to measure yeah, at six, six four. four. Yeah. Jordan's going to come off at 175. Yeah. Quentin's going to come off at 215. Yeah. No, I got you. So just totally different frames. Yeah. So that's so at 11, they have quarterback three. I'm sorry, wide receiver three. Oh, wide receiver three. Wide, sorry, jeez. Wide receiver three. 
going to – well, they don't have them going to the Titans. They have them at the 11th pick yeah, or the 11th player. 11th best player. 11th best player, according to them, according to on three. Who do they have as wide receiver three? Uh, in the state. Oh. Well, that would be Mr. Hyatt then. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? I Jalen Hyatt ranks number 11. Here's my thing with Jalen Hyatt. And, you know, we've talked about this earlier, and the things I've seen out of Jalen Hyatt, I question whether or not we're going to be able – first of all, we're not going to see him running as wide open as he did at UT in the NFL. A lot of the stuff that they show with Jalen Hyatt and a lot of the things we've seen from him – He's been wide open because he's got good speed, but he's playing in a scheme where there's a ton of of, uh, of blown coverage because of the type of offense they play. So, yeah, he looks good flying down the field for big touchdowns because of the play that's been called more times than not and then just playing confused. I, and I need to look at it. I don't know. I'm curious what his numbers look like in the losses. How is, it, how is his play against South Carolina? How is his play against Georgia? Did he show up in those games when they stayed on him, when they weren't playing, the, you know, because th- th- those are the things that Georgia and South Carolina had in common. Both of them decided, we are not playing the chess game with you. Okay, coach? We're not doing it. We're coming out here, we're going man to man, and we're going to play you straight up. So this whole zone thing where you confuse us with the man in motion and playing fast pace, and do- no, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. So I'm curious what he looks like in those situations because that is the situation he's going to be dealing with in the NFL. So I think I'm that's curious. interesting. They have Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, 13. I think that's an interesting. Everybody loves this good. guy. Yeah, yeah. Is that a guy the Titans no. would consider? Why? Why? With, the tight end is so important in this. No, league. not. With their needs, I know, they can't go I tight know, in the first know, round with a left tackle and wide receiver okay. holes. Right. No, I know that's the problem. They no, too many. You got Chig on the roster for yeah. what? No. All right, that'll do it for our show today. Have a great weekend. We look forward to starting the week off with you Monday at two. Stay tuned. Afternoon stretch is next.